Christian Questions. Thomas Jefferson once said, Do you want to know who you are? Don't ask. Act. Action will delineate and define you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And folks, we are truly glad you've chosen to spend some time with us uh, on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, what's up, what's happening, and what's going on? <laughs> Rick, well, our question this morning is, what is that in your hand? And our theme text is found in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. All right. So what is that in your hand? We folks that are all at one time or another uh, have visions of grandeur, thoughts and dreams about what we can do to be a positive and abiding influence on others for the sake of Christ. In many cases, these ideas percolate a bit, and then quickly fade away. <coughs> today, folks, today we have with us a special guest who has an idea for the furtherance, had an idea for the furtherance of the gospel, pursued it, developed it, lived it, and today is going to tell us about what has become a 15-year journey of praise and honor to our God. So, folks, do not go away. You need to hear this. And, uh, Jonathan, I'm not sitting next to you in the studio today. No, you're not. Where are you, Rick? I, my friend, am in Orlando, Florida. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, well, and but I'm not going to Disney World. Oh, you're not? Well, no. there's going to be a big snowstorm uh, the next day or two, so I wish I was there. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You know, we're, we're down here in Orlando, Florida at a Bible conference, and sitting with me is our very special guest, Homer Montague. Homer, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Rick? Doing well, sir. Good. And uh, Homer is, is, Jonathan, he has got one of the most unique stories that he's going to be telling us his story throughout uh, our program about some of the missionary type work that he's been doing for several years. But before we get into the work, Homer, who are you? Where do you come from? And give us a little bit of sense of, 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 of Homer Montague. Well, very briefly, I used to live in New Haven, Connecticut, and of course, uh, I moved to New York, and that's where I live now. Uh, in my previous career, I used to be an educator, I was a teacher, I was a principal, and uh, I am retired 20 years, so I have lots of time on my hands right now. So you were a school principal? Yes, I was. You were somebody I would have been a little bit afraid of. Oh, I'm harmless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you were retired 20 years? 20 years, yes. And you uh, obviously take the gospel very seriously. Oh, very, very seriously. It's the greatest thing in the world, as far as my concern. Okay, so over the last 15 years, uh, you have gotten yourself involved in uh, several several uh, journeys to Ghana. That's correct. How many times have you gone? Well, I've gone 24 times with my wife, all 24 times. And uh, God willing, uh, we will go in April of 2014 for our 25th time. Wow, 25th anniversary, huh? That's right. <laughs> And, and so, 
give me a little bit of a sense of the history of your work involved in, in Africa. Why? What gave you the idea? What do you do there? What gave you the idea to get started going? And what, what's been happening? Just an overview, and then we'll get into the details as we unfold the program. Okay. Well, let me sort of say that uh, I didn't go to Ghana. I was blue. In fact, uh, some of the other fellow Christians used to go to Nigeria, and I did not have an interest in going to Nigeria. But uh, what happened one day was in 1999, or 1997, I guess it is, that uh, a group, three of them, went to Nigeria, and they had a fascinating story of someone who traveled from Ghana to Nigeria. And when they told me about it, that's when I decided I want to go to Ghana. Okay, so somebody went from Ghana to Nigeria to hear the gospel. Yes, okay. yes, yes. And so you saw a, a an opportunity, a very tiny opportunity, essentially one person in Ghana. And it was two. And, okay. and the unique thing about this was the gentleman who went to Ghana, from Ghana to uh, Nigeria, was 89 years of age. And he went to a Bible conference in Nigeria. And he went there to receive water baptism. And the fascinating thing with, about it was that he traveled with someone who was an, a former follower of Islam and who became attracted to Christianity. They both went to Nigeria. In fact, they had difficulties getting there. They were wound up in jail. But anyway, they wound up in jail. They wound up in jail with something concerning their passports or something. But eventually, they got to Nigeria. And the three friends of ours that came from the United States, one that had been in constant contact with them all the time, I was so fascinated to hear that he finally met somebody from the United States that he'd been corresponding with. And when I heard that story, I said, Ah, if you want to go to Ghana, I'd love to meet this man. And that's how I got started going to Ghana. So, really, it, it was just because of the efforts of somebody there who had found the, 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 the gospel, found the, the truth of scripture, and you felt like there was support that, that was needed. Yes, I felt that. In fact, it's interesting because uh, he had been corresponding with his friend who lives in New York also, and said, you know, I'm trying to share the gospel with others in Ghana, and it's not working. What shall I do? And so, when I heard that, I said, well... Uh, I'd be happy to do whatever I can, and uh, so the friend of ours from New York made a second trip with us uh, back to Ghana in our maiden visits, uh, visit to Ghana in 1999. 1999. All right. So, so um, now, had you before that, had you ever thought about going overseas and doing missionary kind of work before? It, it, it did not cross my mind. I mean, I'm very, very busy doing other things in the United States, and I've traveled elsewhere, but uh, it just... I. I know others who have gone to Africa. And somewhere where I said, well, you know, the Lord's taking care of that uh, particular field. But one of the things about Ghana, which is very different from Nigeria, is that Nigeria has a very difficult political climate. Yes. And I always tell uh, people who ask me, well, have you been to Nigeria? I said, not yet. I haven't heard the Lord tell me to go there. So I've been very busy coming to Ghana, and uh, it's been a blessing. Okay. So, folks, we're going to be hearing the story of 24 trips to Ghana and how to manage going to a foreign country, how to manage bringing the gospel, how to manage the, 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 the differences in culture and in language and, and understanding and how to, build, uh, how to build Christianity in a place where uh, life is just very different than what it is here. Very, very different. Very, You're very listening different. to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague. And uh, talking about missionary work, and our question is, what is that in your hand? If you have a question for Homer, or if you have a thought on missionary work, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, 
ChristianQuestions.com. All right, now, now, Homer, you know, when we were, you and I were discussing having you as a guest on our program, you had asked me to have a very specific scripture as a theme scripture. And Jonathan, why don't you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. What is it about that text that you thought would be so important in relation to discussing your, your trips and missionary work in Ghana? Well, you know, when you uh, people have various religious beliefs all over the map, so to speak, and I was very, very thankful that uh, they were Bible-believing individuals that we met. And sometimes they're not sure what the Bible really teaches. And so I said, well, if you find it in the Bible, that's what should be good enough for you to work in it, to try to prove it for yourself so that you can understand it. Sometimes they would come from different persuasions. They'd have different uh, preachers or uh, religious leaders who would say, well, I think this, I think that. And I'd say, well, there's only one Bible, one Word of God, and if you believe that the Bible is really the Word of God, then we ought to look at the Bible and see what does the Bible say about this and that, and then make it your own. All right, and, and, and that text really says it. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. So you, your experience then, and again, we'll unfold this as we go, entails dealing with, with individuals in Ghana from all kinds of backgrounds, both Christian, other types of Christian backgrounds, as well as, I don't know, Muslim backgrounds, atheist backgrounds. What, what, what kind of backgrounds? Well, many of them were Christian, although there were a few. And the interesting thing about it, and I'll tell you very quickly, was that the gentleman who traveled with this 89-year-old into Nigeria uh, was a former uh, follower of Islam. And strangely enough, I asked him, well, how did you get involved in Christianity? Right. And he said, you know, the Koran said something in the Bible, in the Koran that intrigued me. He said, the followers of Jesus will be superior to the followers of Muhammad. I said, really? I never found it, but that's yeah. what he told me. That's what attracted I, I never heard that either, but <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, so uh, a little bit of a sense again. And, and, and really, folks, what, what Homer is describing is a day of small beginnings, because uh, I'm sure that when you went there that first time uh, because of that one individual, you had no visions of, you know, 25 trips later and 15 years later. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, uh, my second visit to Ghana was as a result of this same individual who was a former uh, follower of Islam who happened to be traveling on a van. And they traveled in uh, vans. A lot of people are crowded in vans. And he said... Uh, he had told someone about what he had heard when we visited there the first time. And this individual, who was a member of another church, wrote and sent me an express mail. He said, you've got to come to Kamasi. That's a large city in Ghana. It's not the capital city, which is Accra. And so we went there, and we started to share with him some of the things that uh, we think the Bible taught. All right. Now, now, folks, look. You know, one of the themes for this program here is that is that text from Exodus, what is that in your hand? And God talking to Moses, saying, look, I want you to do work for me. What is that in your hand? And the answer was a staff. And he said, okay, I'm going to take that staff and, and make that staff work for you. The first thing that we all have in our hands, according to what Homer is saying, is we have, and it kind of, sounds kind of weird to say it this way, but in your hands you have your ears. And when you listen, you can get instruction. And really, Homer, that's what you're, you're, you're telling me, is you heard the call for help and spiritual aid and spiritual guidance, and then you responded because you listened. Yes, I think that uh, it was very exciting to me. You know, sometimes not everyone in every place 
is interested in hearing about the Bible and they have other concerns. And so if they hear that I want you to come over here and tell me about the Bible, oh, that was thrilling. And so I went, my daughter, my wife, and three others, we went over to Ghana and that's at the beginning. All right, now, now two, two things before before we end this segment. Jonathan, first of all, let's go to First Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. And we've got this from the Rotherham translation because this is kind of the theme of, of, of Homer's work. This scripture represents the theme of, of the gospel that, that he preaches. This is comely and acceptable before our Savior God, who willeth all men to be saved and unto a personal knowledge of truth to come. For there is one God, one mediator also between God and men, a man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom in behalf of all, the testimony in its own fit times, unto which I have been appointed proclaimer and apostle. Truth I speak, I utter no falsehood, a teacher of nations in faith and truth. And Homer, that reminds me a lot of the, the work you've been called to do. You've been appointed sort of a proclaimer. Not not an apostle, but a proclaimer of the word. But here's the thing that impresses me most. And folks, you know, as we as we go through this discussion with Homer Montague and his in his multiple trips to Ghana and, and what he has accomplished with the help of many others, ask yourself this question. If somebody called you and said, Hey, look, I've got questions on the Bible and I want you to come over, most of us would go and do that. Okay? Here's the thing, question, the question, Homer, how far is Ghana from you? How many? 5,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so the other question now is, okay, you go across town to, to sit with somebody who's got questions on the gospel, but what about traveling 5,000 miles to another country that you're not familiar with because somebody says, hey, you've got to come here and talk to me about that. That is a kind of dedication to, to the gospel that we want to look at and say, wow, when I grow up, I want to have that kind of dedication. So, Jonathan, as we go into this break, what we want to begin to focus on is what do you have to overcome when you're starting to do things like that? You're listening to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montag, and our question, what is that in your hand? Coming up, how do you bring biblical truth, not just Christian religion, to the Ghana culture or to any culture? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague. And our subject is, what is that in your hand? And if you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, I am sitting here. I'm actually uh, just outside of Orlando. We're in Castleberry, Florida, at the home of some of our good friends, Bob and Cheryl Goodman, and uh, sitting here with Homer Montague and his wife, Beverly. Uh, and we're talking about uh, their 15-year odyssey of trips to Ghana, which started because there was one 89-year-old man from Ghana who went to Nigeria who was interested in the gospel, interested in finding the truth of the Bible, and Homer saw that and took that as, a, as an opportunity to begin to establish a relationship, and now Homer, 15 years later and 24 trips later, there's a lot more than just one person. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. And so, in, in this segment, Homer, and, and folks, listen, if you have questions for Homer, if you have something to, to, to add in terms of, 
of, of evangelistic work and, and, and putting the gospel out or, or, or using your talents for the service of God. Give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. Also, Jonathan, you know, this is a great program to sign up for Seeker Rewind, the full edition, uh, because Julie, our chief rewinder, had asked uh, a week in advance for all kinds of pictures from, from the Ghana experience, and she has got loads of stuff to put in there. And, if, folks, if you want to have this whole experience come alive, you want to subscribe to Seeker Rewind, the full edition. It's exclusively available at ChristianQuestions.com. And how much does it cost, Jonathan? It's a free service. There is no obligation. All right. ChristianQuestions.com. Seek your rewind, the full edition. Sign up now. You're going to love it. Homer, let's talk a little bit about culture. I mean, you're, you've always been from the United States of America. You're going to Ghana. What are the cultural differences? What were the cultural challenges? Were there any? Were there language barriers? I mean, how, did you, how do you manage all of that? Well, you know, Ghana was a former British colony, so they spoke English officially. However, like with other cultures, the older people usually use to speak in their native dialect. The young people speak English. And if you go by the schools, you'll see signs, speak English, speak English. So there is that importance of speaking English. Uh, one of the things that you'll find about Ghana in this poor infrastructure, uh, the roads are very bumpy and so on. They're, they have a few highways and there are some parts of uh, the main city that has very, very nice facilities. But basically, it's a farming, they do a lot of farming and fishing and so on. One of the striking things that you will find in Ghana is that there is an appreciation for God. What do I mean by that? You'll see on their uh, vehicles, John 3.16, really? you'll see on a building, uh, God is, uh, who is worthy, barbershop. You'll see that all over. It permeates the entire country, uh, particularly the southern tier, which is largely Christian. Okay, so if you were to look at the country, for instance, uh, Christian versus Muslim, are you 50-50? No, it's about uh, 70% Christian. Really? Yeah, okay. maybe 15% Muslim, and there's some indigenous local kinds of religions that are not connected with either one of them. But it's a predominantly Christian. And interestingly enough, it's the northern tier of Ghana. Most of our workers have been in the southern tier. Although we've come across Muslims, and, uh, you know, they are not antagonistic. Again, Ghana is a very peaceful place. You can walk the streets at night. And uh, we've had some other females that my wife, we don't have time to talk about, but she and a friend of ours were walking the street at night and got lost, and they wound up in a big house someplace. They were looking to give, do a radio broadcast, and someone uh, invited them into the house, and uh, they heard noise and so forth and so on. They said, we better get out of here. And he said, yeah. He said, no, make yourself comfortable. He said, oh, our husband's away for us, you know, but uh, <laughs> it worked out okay. <laughs> All right. So, so. So then there's, there's very much a, a, a Christian-friendly environment. Absolutely. So now what about cultural differences? Is, are, are there things that stand out as you look at the two cultures and say, well, you know, we do it this way in America and you do it that way there? And were there, were there challenges in that in that area? Well, I think one of the interesting things is uh, even the matter of funerals. Uh, that's a big ceremonial kind of thing. Someone who dies, for example, they are not buried immediately. They're buried a month later. Wow. Yeah, and you'll see people... Uh, they'll come by and they'll greet the uh, bereaved ones and they spend time and they'll have a big parade walking down the street finally on the day of the funeral and it's a big, big kind of thing. Also, they have uh, 
what they call a chieftain system, where the local leader is called a chief. They even have kings that are, I think are above them. And it's a funny thing because uh, one day what happened is that uh, the, the, the uh, brother who became a Christian, who was a former follower of Islam, said to me, he says, uh, when the chief rings the bell, everybody runs into the center of town to hear what he has to say. And so I said, oh, that's interesting. You see, they don't have chieftains where you live? I said, no, not at all. So, so is it, is it very, kind of like a tribal kind of a thing? Yes, 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 yes. And I would say there's much respect for elders. Uh, that, that, that's one of the things that we find. And, uh, you know, there's sort of like a, a reverential uh, aspect towards the elders. Great, great, great uh, feeling along that line. Well, I'll tell you, that's something that's missing here. I think so. I think <laughs> so. so. Maybe we can learn a whole bunch from the, the, the how do you say, Ghanians? Ghanians, right. Okay, all right. Learn, learn a lot from Ghanians. So you have some, very much a tribal kind of a system, uh, a, a Christian-friendly um, uh, kind of a place. The, the main culture is a lot of uh, fishing and farming. That's correct, right. And a little bit of sales. But the main are, are people generally working? Are people, is there a lot of unemployment? Is there a lot of poverty? In, in your experience, well, everybody eats. Everybody eats because you know it's so near the equator, and uh, the cost of getting food is very, very cheap. There are people who don't do well, but everybody seems to be able to eat, and uh, that's 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 a positive thing. You don't see starving people there. Uh, you you'll find that on the roads as you walk along, everybody has got a shop. It's like a giant flea market. You'll see people, <laughs> uh, you know, standing there, and they'll sell their goods, and they'll come up and they buy them. Uh, the traffic in the major cities is. Uh, we talk about traffic jams here. You can hardly drive through the major cities. And everybody, as you drive down the road, somebody's handing, wants to sell you this. I guess they get their goods uh, maybe seconds from other places. And it's really a very fascinating place just to be there. And, uh, yeah. All right. So, so in, in a lot of ways, it's very different. And I'm, I don't, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of rule and regulation in terms of like the average person. I mean, here, you know, if somebody doesn't have food, they, they apply for food stamps or something oh, like no, that. No, You no, don't have those kinds of things there. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. So, so would you say then that, that people are, are much more acclimated to just taking care of themselves? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. As a matter of fact, uh, usually when you go over them, go over there, some of them might feel that, well, maybe you're a wealthy American. Uh, are you going to build something? But when they start to hear about the gospel and they recognize those who are attracted to it, they become interested and say, well, what do I have to do to be uh, uh, affiliated and get involved with this kind of thing? And so it's, it's really very exciting to see that. One other thing I want to say is that uh, there's such a gentle people. They are so interested. And what happens when you visit there, everybody says, I want to take you to the chief. And you go over to the chief. He's very respectful. He says, what is your mission here? And they're very, very calm. And they say, well, welcome and so forth. It's wow. the most pleasant place you'd ever want to be. That's amazing. See, now I would have never envisioned that. You yeah. know, just and again, you know, we have our our stereotypical sense of. You think of Nigeria, for instance, and there's so much corruption oh, and difficulty yes, yes, there, yes. and you sort of, in my own mind, it sort of automatically transfer that to some of the nations around, but apparently not. No, that's done. You're listening to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick and with our special guest Homer Montague. And our subject is concerning missionary work, and our question, what is that in your hand? Now, if you have a question or a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And go to our website and be a Twitter follower and learn about upcoming programs and new updates posted. Again, that's ChristianQuestions.com.
Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, one other quick culture question, uh, Homer, before we get into some scriptural background of, of you know, the, the, the gospel, the brand of gospel that you're bringing. Family units. You know, are family units intact there? Very much so. Although, uh, if someone is, there are no children who are orphans. Uh, you know, in fact, the, the gentleman who we stay with often has taken children who have lost uh, their parents and so forth and let them live with them. So there's that strong sense of identity, of community. You know, they speak about it takes a whole village to raise a child. Well, it's really there in that sense. Uh, they, they don't have children all by themselves. You just bring them in. So and the difference there and here is it, it, they bring them in out of personal sense of responsibility. Right. Here we have government regulation to make us do things. And so, folks, there's a different flavor to, to life in Ghana and in a lot of ways a, a very high standard in, in, to some of the very basics of what life really is. Yes, and I'll just say one other thing quickly. Okay. That, uh, in terms of the infrastructure, uh, they have outages of electricity every other day, seemingly in Ghana. And I used to think that perhaps that uh, there's some, why can't they get it right? And uh, someone who uh, was from another part of Africa said, that's part of the economy. He said, because if there's no power there, there's a second economy that you buy flashlights and lanterns. <laughs> so they're entrepreneurial spirits. <laughs> All right. If you did that here, you'd have riots. <laughs> you'd have. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4-all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. I'm sitting here in Castleberry, Florida, with a good friend, Homer Montague, who's done some incredible missionary work in Ghana over the last 15 years, and we're, we're getting the story. So, Jonathan, let's start uh, going through and, and looking at the gospel that Homer has brought to Ghana along with several others. Let's start with Genesis and, 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 uh, 1, 27 and 31. And Homer, we're going to read a few scriptures. He's just going to ask you to sort of sure. put it in perspective. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So that's a very basic scripture, God created man in his image. Okay, let's get started now. We have disobedience, which causes uh, sin and death, come into the picture. And then, Homer, I'm going to ask you to just uh, explain how you bring this this kind of thing to Ghana, and why is it different than, because if it's already a lot of Christians, what's the difference? Why would people be attracted to what you're saying versus versus others? We want to begin to develop that. So disobedience, Jonathan, let's go to Genesis 3. 17 to 19. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So, Homer, this is a very basic scriptural uh, account of, of disobedience and sin and death. What is there about this that you, that perhaps begins to, to, to separate the gospel that you bring from maybe things that they had heard? Well, you know, one of the very interesting things is that the uh, family structure over there, they love children. And uh, one of the doctrines that sometimes is taught that uh, if you're bad, you're going to be in fire and mm-hmm. burned up forever. 
And I would look and see some of the children, and I look at the nurturing of the parents of the children. They, they love them. I said, you know, one of the things that uh, the Bible tells us is that, uh, you know, God never even thought about burning up anybody. I said, do you really believe that God is going to take your child because he's bad and burn him up? And so we started looking at the scriptures and saying, what does it say? And in this particular scripture you spoke about, it defines the penalty of uh, disobedience as death. And then we had other scriptures that tell us that, uh, you know, and when you die, you're unconscious. And, of course, if Jesus died for all mankind, then ultimately uh, God gave his son to die for them. Ultimately, there's got to be some blessing to a pure crew in some future time. So we begin to talk about that and let them think about it. And uh, they say, well, that maybe that makes sense. All right, and another, actually another good scripture along that line is First Timothy 4.10. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to that one. For it is for this we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. So that sounds very much like what you were just saying. And God is the Savior of, of, of all men. Yes, yes. In fact, it's interesting, too, to note that uh, most of us who are, whatever our faith is, is because of the accident of birth. If we believe that particular scripture, if I was born in another faith, does it mean that Jesus didn't die for you? I think the Bible is so comprehensive saying that he gave his son for all, that they will have an opportunity for life. So uh, those who perhaps can appreciate the special blessings of doing God's will now may have a special blessing in the future. But God's plan is to cover all, no matter where you were born or what you Believe. All right, so so folks, Homer has made a made a, made a living out of not not that you get paid to do that. you don't get paid to do no that. not at all. All right, let's let's get that straight. There's there's no monetary gain here, but he's made a living uh, out of going to Ghana several times a year for many many years, bringing this brand of the gospel. And Jonathan, as we go into this break, it's important to realize that even though the people that he's talking to have Christian backgrounds, there's something special about what he's been bringing and what he's been telling them that creates attraction. You're listening to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague, and we're talking about missionary work. Coming up, what are some of the most notable challenges in creating a gospel delivery system? What it, if, is it the same as other ministers and disciples? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague. And our subject this morning is concerning missionary work. Our question, what is that in your hand? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And again, Jonathan, uh, I am sitting here uh, in Castleberry, Florida. We are actually in the uh, 11.60 a.m. WIXC uh, broadcasting area. And for folks listening on that station, um, for the second hour, we're not on for the second hour in your area and a few other areas. So if we're not on in your area for the second hour, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us because the story of uh, Homer Montague and the, the work in Ghana uh, is just a fascinating story of, of the clash of cultures, the bringing of the gospel, and, and, the, and, and actually it's, it's, it's a story of praise and honor to our Heavenly Father, and that's really what this is all about. And Rick, uh, for my outro, what I was trying to say was the gospel delivery system that Homer was bringing to Ghana 
was it the same method as the disciples did at the very beginning of of the gospel? And, and Homer, it sounds, it sounds very similar to to what happened at the beginning. So, would you would you parallel that and say the two are very very much the same? I would think so because. Uh, because it's a rural area and there are villages and you go from place to place, you don't know what you'll find. And, uh, you, you have to, the infrastructure is very difficult. Sometimes they take you, well, here's a village here and we'll go and we'll tell them this and you'll give them a tract or you'll tell them something what the Bible, uh, says. And, uh, you'll find one here, another one there that's interested. So yeah, it's very personal and, uh, not everybody is ready to, uh, leave, uh, and accept something new because they are, again, they have reverence, so to speak, for those who are in authority, and they say, well, this is what I was told by my religious leader. But there are those, they're always thinking individuals who say, yes, I would like, this sounds very, very good. And I'll just make one of the comments. Uh, they say, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're not, it doesn't cost anything. And they say, well, the gospel is free. Uh, really, we receive, really good. So, uh, that's, so, so a lot of what you do doesn't have a real set itinerary. You you go and then you kind of just go where where you're led. Well, initially, what we used to do is we used to go and visit churches. And you know, one of the things about I said the culture of Ghana. If you they know you're coming from America, they have some idea as what is what's going to be in it, and they're very very accommodating, and they will let you go in their church and you can make a presentation. And they'll ask questions and so on. So the local individuals that we have had contact with in our fellowship. They will say, well, they, they will allow you to speak to the church and put on a presentation. Very, very hospitable. And so uh, they're always looking to see, in fact, some of our materials. We leave sometimes some of our Bible tracts or a video or something, and they use it. And uh, we're glad for that. If they want more, they'll ask for more. So it's interesting. So you go into churches, and you may give a message that's a little bit different than the church itself, yeah. but they're willing to listen. Exactly. exactly. That reminds me of the Apostle Paul going into synagogue. Yeah, no, it really does. It, it does, Jonathan, you're right. And, and it's fascinating to see how in our culture here, we are so, we are so closed, and there you have a sense of openness. Yes. And there's, there's, a, there's a quality there that we just seem to be missing. Jonathan, why don't we go to the phones at this point? All right, well, we have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. I know and admire uh, uh, your guests' uh, ministry and missionary work. I, uh, I uh, share his, uh, his wonderful uh, spirit of uh, uh, zeal and sincerity. I, I like to address him as Brother Monte. Good morning, Brother Monte. Good morning, my dear brother. How are you? <laughs> okay. I'm doing well, thank you. No, uh, uh, you know it's unique to your radio program and uh, he's... Uh, extensive missionary work. I never heard you people asking for a dollar. <laughs> uh, to me, that's that's uh, there's something sincere and genuine about what you do. You truly do it because you love the Lord and uh, uh, His uh, His gospel, etc. Uh, I like to leave you. I mean, of course, anything I read about Africa and what uh, Brother Montague is doing with his co-workers, uh, it's fascinating in so many ways. But anyway. Uh, because of his, uh, his spirit of teamwork, I'd like to leave you with this African proverb, which I believe he espouses, and I think it's wonderful. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go in company. I think that personifies uh, what Brother Montague is doing. God bless. Thank, Thank you, Julius. Appreciate your call. Bye-bye. 
Uh, as always, Julius has something very, very good to offer. And if you want to go far, uh, go in company. And, and, and that's really what fellowship is. And, and, Homer, this is not work that you do by yourself. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, again, folks, think, the thing to realize is this. The uniqueness of this is, A, the message is unique, but, B, the, the delivery is unique. Understand, and, and Homer, I'm not going to say this to embarrass you, but, uh, but Homer and his wife Beverly have gone to Ghana 24 times in the last 15 years and have not accepted a single penny uh, in, uh, to cover their, their, their own travel expenses or anything that they do. Understand that that shows you a sincerity toward the gospel that is just plain and simply missing in most of the Christian world today. That's why Homer is sitting here with us, because that is what we are looking for, is finding how do you make the gospel come from the inside out and really show its sincerity. So, Homer, I truly appreciate that part of this whole thing. Now, let me ask you very directly, in terms of setting up the, 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 the system of Christianity that you're bringing to Ghana. There are, it's set up a little bit differently than most Christian systems are. Okay? And let's use a few scriptures. We're going to read them and just going to ask you to comment on them. Jonathan, let's go to the scripture in Matthew 23, verses 6 to 11. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not all anyone on earth uh, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. So in principle, Homer, you take the scripture and what does the scripture have to do with the the way you help to set them up to be, because you want them to be autonomous. You want them to be able to, to, to handle the gospel themselves. Exactly. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we used to go over twice a year, and one of the things that we used to do is to provide them with aids to interpret and to understand the scriptures, and we would have them uh, share with uh, the local ones that are in their midst and teach them how to use the Bible, and we would get various helps to help them, and then they would question them. It's not a, a system whereby you sit down and you're just mere listeners and you are delivering all the information to them and then they go away and say, well, we had a good message today and you do what you have to do. No, you provide questions and opportunities to say, well, where does it say that in the Bible? I never knew it said that. Sometimes they say, well, my, my minister told me this is in the Bible. Well, let's find it. Does it say that in the Bible? And so when you begin to look into the Bible yourself, you become responsible for making what you believe your own. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is the kind of, of gospel, and when I say kind of gospel, it sounds odd, but think about it. The kind of gospel you're bringing is one that demands um, contribution to it, that demands uh, investing yourself into it, not just merely listening, but proving. I laugh because when we have Bible studies, you'll see them raising their hand, what do they say? I have a contribution. So the very word that you're using rings a bell. Yes, it's not centered from one person delivering it to everyone. What do you say? How do you understand it? Do you have a scripture? Does it prove this? And so it's very much organized so that there is participation by those who are in the group. And, and when you participate like that, you, you own it, essentially. Exactly. And, and, and it means so much more to you than just hearing it. 
Actually, just because we're going to be running out of time here, there's another point here that I think is really important. And, and so basically, from that scripture is, you know, our head is Christ. There is only one head. You're not it. Right. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, it, and, it, and it's Christ. The next scripture, though, I really want to get into, and we're going to probably be our last one uh, for this hour. Jonathan, let's go to Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, because this is another important part of the development, and we're going to spend a lot of the second hour in terms of understanding the, the leadership training that goes on in Ghana. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains, and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion, for the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not quick to temper, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teachings, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. So, Homer, this is this is a scripture that really talks about the development of of, of a ministry uh, within within the, the gospel churches. How do you understand this is happening? I mean, who appoints these these ministers to become ministers? I mean, did you go over and appoint people and say, you know, you and you and you? No, I did not. As a matter of fact, as they began to understand the scriptural principles, they selected those from among their group. You know, the greatest servant was Jesus, and as a matter of fact, we remember on his last supper. He washed his disciples' feet, and he said, that's an example. Who is going to be great? Let him be your servant. And so once they get the idea that, well, I have a role to select those who fulfill these uh, uh, scriptures, the qualifications for service, and I will vote, and I will elect this one, and I'll vote for that one. And so it's the will of the group there, and uh, that's how it goes on. So you are not, and I want to be clear on this, so you are not going over there and, and delineating who's going to do what? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a local congregation there that they select based upon their assessment of what the Bible teaches as to who should serve. Now, folks, understand, and the reason I'm dwelling on this is it's such an important point because what this does, and we believe that that's a scriptural principle, that, that the, the, the congregation uh, determines its own destiny, if you will, exactly. according to scripture. And the fact that you take the power out of the hand of an individual and put the power in the hands of all with God's Spirit, is the greatest source of, of maintaining that old-fashioned gospel. And to be able to go over there and, and to spend your time and effort and to, to turn it over to the local individual is, is a wonderful testimony to the way the gospel really, I think, should be. And folks, as we look at this, we look at, at Homer's experiences and we look at our own experiences and perhaps our own church setups, the question we have to ask ourselves is, is that the way we're operating? And if we're not operating like that, but the scriptures tell us to, why is there a potential contradiction and what should I be doing about it? So, Homer, when you're going over there, there is no, there, frankly, there's no personal gain for you. Not at all. It's the satisfaction of seeing that they are adopting scriptural principles to do what we believe the Word of God says. It's the satisfaction of having something in your hand, which is opportunity. Exactly. And going and using that opportunity for the praise and honor of our Heavenly Father. Yes. And, and folks, really, that's the bottom line here. So, um, you know, you, you talked about, and we only have like a minute or two here, Homer, at the end of this, 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 this particular segment. 
Um, you talked about delivering uh, Bible study aids and, and things like that. What about just a quick, quick moment on technology? Is technology something that you bring and, 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 and use there? Now we do. We used to take book clips, tracks, and there have been others who have been interested in the work in Africa, and they have supplied tablets, uh, all kinds of tech, technological improvements so that they now have access to it so that they can research and uh, grow and have the same materials that we have, essentially. Oh, so we're pleased. Okay, so technology is now becoming a part. We're going to get into that more in the second hour. Uh, and, Jonathan, how much time do we have? We have the music started. Okay, folks, listen. Um, we're talking with Homer Montague about a, a tremendous work that he's doing in Ghana uh, in terms of developing congregations and helping them to become autonomous and run themselves according to the way the gospel is. In the second hour, we're going to get into a lot more detail on this, so please stay with us for Jonathan and Rick and Christian questions. The question is, what is that in your hand? Our special guest, Homer Montague, if we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live. Until the next hour, what is that in your hand? We'll be back soon. Think about it. question this morning is, what is that in your hand? And our theme text comes from Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, what is in thy hand? And he said, a staff. So, Jonathan, we're talking about what is that in your hand in, in, in sort of in, in a, as, as a lesson. We have with us a special guest. I am sitting here uh, in, actually in Castleberry, Florida. Uh, in the home of Bob and Cheryl Goodman, good friends of ours, we are at a Bible conference, and I have with me uh, our special guest, Homer Montague. And Homer, thanks for being with us for the second hour. It's a joy. We, we, we didn't uh, bore you or anything. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Homer uh, has the distinct uh, story to tell of his own personal experience of, of going and doing uh, some extensive missionary work in Ghana. Uh, you, Homer, have gone there over the last 15 years, 24 times. And your 25th trip is coming up? In April, God willing. All right. God willing in April, trip number 25. Look, I have to put a quick plug to say my wife and I will celebrate, God willing, our 56th wedding anniversary while we're there. All right. So, and, you know, that's the other beautiful thing about this. You've gone all of these times and your wife has gone every time every with time. you. Every time. Every time with you. And uh, Beverly is actually sitting here in the, in the other room. Hi, Beverly. Hi. <laughs> She's in the background there. But, um... Folks, if you were with us in the first hour, we were talking about some of the logistics of, of going to Ghana, the fact that this is all 
purely voluntary missionary work. There's no no monetary remuneration for anything. And the idea of giving the Ghanaians uh, the gospel and giving them the ability to be autonomous, not to have to rely on you or anybody else, but to learn to rely on themselves. The way churches were started back in the New Testament. Exactly. And we touched on some things about electing servants for the congregation from within, about our, the fact that our head is Christ. What about uh, where the congregations meet, according to Scripture, Homer? How, how, how have you helped them set that up? Well, they meet in their own homes, basically. Uh, every now and then someone is able to rent the facility. But the fascinating thing is when they have a larger gathering, what they do is that they rent a canopy, a huge canopy and chairs, and they set them up in a canopy, chairs, and individuals come and they bring their own contributions with regard to food, and water, and so on, and that's where they meet. And it's in Ghana, it's hot weather, so they're able to uh, meet outside, and that's what it is. Okay, so so, so you're not instructing them to go build buildings? Right? Oh, no, oh, no, 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 okay. no. And again, that, that's something the early church was doing, exactly what you're saying. And folks, uh, on Seeker Rewind, the full edition, we want you to sign up for that at ChristianQuestions.com. We'll have some scriptures along the lines uh, of what Homer is just talking about here from Philemon and from Acts. What about, Homer, what about the, the finances of, of the congregations that you're starting? I mean, do you set up a tithing system for them? Oh, no, not at all. They have to fund them themselves. What we do is we provide materials to get them started, and it's on the goodwill donation of others who are interested in the work in Africa. They'll say, well, they need materials, and so they provide materials, and we send it to them, or we bring it to them during our trips. So you, there is no financial contribution that that is required of anybody. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a free will a free will ministry. And, and and folks understand that, you know, so often we in, in Christianity confuse things. Especially here in this country, I don't know too many other cultures, but we confuse things from the standpoint that we 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 figure that, well, you know, church should be run like a business. And you're saying no. No, not at all. All right, and 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 folks, and it's worked. It has. It has. So, so how many how many congregations would you say have been set up in in Ghana? Do you have an idea? I don't have any idea because what we do is we focus upon the leaders. But in various regions, they have several groups in different regions. But we go over there because it's important for them to go out into the hinterland, so to speak. Once they are trained, they go and work with those individuals. It's only when we have a large gathering, for example. Uh, such as we'll be going over in uh, April, that they'll come from the various villages and gather one place. But I have not visited every single one of them. So you don't do a lot of micromanaging then? Not at all. Not at all. And, and, and folks, you know, Jonathan, you were talking uh, in, in the first hour about, you know, parallels to the early church. Yes, I was. And how, you know, the Apostle Paul would go to places and he'd start these, these congregations. And he didn't micromanage those churches either, did he? No, he didn't. He sent him a letter once in a while, but that was not <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and well, actually, in, in a little while, we're going to be um, getting into some of the technology and how it's really made in, in effect. But in this segment, Homer, so your, your object really is to go there, to give them the gospel, give them a sense of, of what it is, teach them how to be self-sufficient, teach them that it all truly must come from the heart. Exactly, exactly. Look, I'm getting up in years, and I don't know how many more years the Lord will allow me to go there. So it's important for them to be able to do it on their own, and that's what my focus is in. And, and I think that's, that's a beautiful representation of the gospel being presented in the purest 
possible way, and that's really what, what we're all about here. Let's talk about, you know, in, in the last segment, Homer, we were talking about uh, sort of the organization and how things are, are, are accomplished. Let's talk about what you teach them, okay? What is it that you teach? What, do you, what are the most important kinds of things? And again, I'll throw out a few scriptures, and you can just expand on your experience with the Ghanaians along these lines. Jonathan, let's go to First Peter 5, verses 5 to 7. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So, in terms of, of this particular scripture, Brother Homer, what, what is it that, that you bring to them? Well, one of the things that we want to focus on is that the gospel is not simply a collection of facts. It's a way of changing your lifestyle. So in this particular scripture, for example, they need to see that being humble and being submissive to the will of God is an important quality for them to be accepted by God. It's not just, I have this many facts and spitting them out, so to speak. Okay, now let me just ask you a cultural question. Would you say, and I don't know if, if you can even quantify this, but would you say that in Ghana there's more of a sense of internal humility than there is a sense of internal humility here in the United States? I think personality-wise there are more gentle people, okay? But I would say that uh, in terms of going through scriptures such as this, I think there's a commonality that individuals need to learn that I'm not the boss, okay? <laughs> okay. So once you go through the scriptures and they understand it, then that tends to level everything off in case anyone has aspirations that I should be over you. Okay, so humility is kind of a basis. Uh, and again, it's a scriptural teaching. Yes. Uh, okay, let's go to another scripture. I just want to sort of go to these, these points and, and get your, your input on, on your experience with the Ghanaians uh, in terms of teaching them uh, the gospel as you understand it. Uh, Jonathan, next scripture, Ephesians 6.18. We all, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance, and petition for all the saints. What about the scripture and prayer? Well, it's important for them to realize that uh, God requires us to pray to him for guidance. And sometimes our prayers are not answered in the way in which we think. And so we have related scriptures that tell us that, uh, for example, going back to what you said before, uh, you're not expected to look for a handout. Uh, you go to work, you provide for your own needs, but you pray for if the Lord opens another way for you to uh, provide for your own, you do that. But in the meantime, God will supply your particular needs as he sees fit. And it's a good lesson. And and, and, that, and so so the, the teaching of humility and prayer, again, these are basic Christian principles. Exactly. But you're also saying you don't, you don't go looking for a handout. So you're teaching, there's, there's a great strength in the personal responsibility aspect. Exactly. Okay. Um, let, let's go through a few others because this next point on, on, our, on our page here I think is very, very important. Jonathan, 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Okay. So when you look at this scripture, what, what's your message? What has been your message over the last 15 years to those in Ghana? The message is that, again, you're not simply a recipient of knowledge, that you need to be able to study and to be able to make contributions. I mentioned that before, so that you can add to everyone's growth and understanding. Not everyone understands at the same level at the same rate. And so this is something that we emphasize, and we give them concordances and other Bible helps. 
so that they can prove what it is that they believe that they're teaching. So, so you're telling them that they need to be contributory to whatever their congregation is studying. Exactly. Now, what is the education level uh, for, for, for the average Ghanaian there? Well, uh, mandatory education is through what we would call, uh, what we would have here around ninth grade, so to speak. But others, you know, go on. There are some who are college graduates and some are not. But I think one of the things about the Bible is a great leveler. If you understand biblical principles, it's the greatest education you can get in the world. So, uh, again, what you're saying to them is you need to not only go come together to be fed, but you need to contribute to the feeding of each other. Exactly. You're yeah, listening right. to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague. And our subject is concerning missionary work, and our question is, what is that in your hand? If you have a thought or a question, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com, and befriend us on Facebook or be a Twitter follower, or both. Again, that's at ChristianQuestions.com. Yeah, lots of places to go, lots of things to do, and folks, we do want to hear from you. Uh, we want to hear your, your responses. Especially, we'd love for you to sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition, which is exclusively available at ChristianQuestions.com. It is a summation of our Sunday morning programs, a summation of, of today, our conversation with Homer Montague. Uh, it will be filled with, with, with pictures, uh, his experiences with, with he and his wife Beverly going to Ghana so many times and, and just establishing these little these little congregations that have that same hope that you have. And Homer, the thing that continually amazes me about this is you are teaching them to be entirely self-sufficient so if you stopped going, they could still be going. Yes, and we have seen the growth and we have appreciated That has warmed our heart more than anything else. And we tell them we're not always going to be here. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing because that is exactly the way the gospel started in the New Testament. And folks, you're seeing a modern-day replica of what the gospel, I think, ought to look like. So again, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free 866-985-for-all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Just real quickly before this segment ends, what about, um, you know, Publishing of, of Bible study helps. I mean, do they have the ability to, to create their own uh, booklets and things, or how does that work? Well, we provide uh, booklets for them. What they do do is they translate them. And as a matter of fact, we are going over this here. Uh, someone just translated some of the materials because, again, some of the older ones speak the old language and not familiar with English. And so we're putting it in their native tongue so that when they are meeting one another, that they can go and study uh, and with material that they can read in their own tongue. So really, uh, what you're doing is you're, is you're teaching them to be self-sufficient. It's like your children and you're watching them grow up and go out on their own. Exactly. And, and Jonathan, as we end this segment, uh, folks, there's a fascinating and a thrilling experience when you see someone actually doing what the gospel tells us to do. You're listening to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague. And our question is, Concerning missionary work, what is that in your hand? Coming up, how do you expand the work in Ghana so others can contribute to the effort and still keep the original focus? That's next. Everybody, everybody 
are listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague, concerning missionary work. And our question is, what is that in your hand? If you have a question or a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And uh, Jonathan, as I sit here uh, with Homer, it, I'm, I just, it just it utterly fascinates me how, how uh, he and others have been able to capture what I really believe is the true meaning of what missionary work ought to be in, in, in teaching those that you bring the gospel to to really learn how to be self-sufficient and to, to stand up for that same gospel. So now, there's a practical issue that comes up with that now, Homer, and I want to ask you about it. How do you, how do you continue to expand the work? Because, you know, the, the, the human nature says that if you expand to this person and they expand it to the next person and they expand it to the next person, somewhere along the line, it gets washed out, it gets, it gets diluted, it gets changed, you know, like that old game telephone used to play when you were a kid. How do you trust that the message is going to remain the same message that you're bringing them initially? Well, one of the things that we have done, and I mentioned that we have had this work go over to Nigeria as well. In addition to our own visits from America, we have some who are from Nigeria who have come over twice a year to conduct leader seminars, and they send us a particular report of exactly what happened in the seminars so that and we have what is known as a group of individuals who have provided support. And so we would pay for his airfare transportation to from Nigeria to Ghana, and he sits down, he doesn't get paid for anything, but he meets with them, and he has the leaders again, and they lead studies, and he has them model, and he gives us a feedback what is the strength, what is the weakness, and we tailor our direction to them. You ought to do it this way and so on. So, again, it comes through voluntary contribution. Absolutely. Uh, and you're just using others who are more, more uh, experienced. That's correct. To just kind of help with the oversight. Right. Now, now, nobody's telling anybody else what to do. You're just giving them guidance, though. That's correct. Okay. All right. And that, that, that's interesting. Uh, Jonathan, uh, I think we have a phone call. Why don't we go to the phone? Yes, we do. We have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions. Happy Sunday, guys, and Thank good you. morning, Homer. Morning. We have Psalm 134.2. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. The missionary is the hands of Christ, both holding his love and reaching with his word. The Christian at home, whose hands are full, can feel separate from the missions. But that is not the reality. Colossians 4.3 Pray for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word, that we may declare the mystery of Christ. The Christian at home makes prayer for the missionaries a daily part of his life. When we feel busy, overwhelmed, or our feet are tired, that reminds us to pray for those who walk far for Christ. Isaiah 52.7 The feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation. Randall, thanks so much. What a great, great comment. Thanks God so much. God bless you guys. You take care. And, 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 and folks, you know what? And that, that's really the core of, of what this program is because 
I was talking to, to Homer Jonathan during during one of the breaks and the fact that, you know, you and I, Jonathan, we've been uh, privileged to uh, be doing Christian questions for 16 years, almost. Yes, yes. And Homer has been going to Ghana for 15 years. So it's, it's about the same length of time, but our work is entirely different. It's, yes, it it's, it's consuming on both ends. And, uh, you know, what, what, what Randall said really nails it down. Those of us, what is in your hand? Maybe you can't be the one who's talking on the radio, or you can't be the one who's flying across the ocean to another country, but you can be the one who supports the work with prayer and encouragement and, and, and whatever contribution you can give. And that is such an important part of, of using what is in your hand. And when you see someone like Homer doing something so magnificent and so inspiring, you say, oh, I want to do that. Well, maybe we all can't do that. But we can certainly help someone like Homer do that. And, and I think that, Randall, thanks. That was great, great, great thoughts there. Homer, let, let's get back to um, the how is, you know, how is it that you trust that they, the message is going to stay on track? And, and when we talk about the message, we're talking about the gospel. And again, Jonathan, let's touch on a few scriptures that outline the basis of the gospel. Hebrews 2.9, for instance. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Okay, so you've got that. And let's go through two other scriptures, and then Homer, I just want you to, to, to put them in perspective for us. John 1, 9, and then John can just go right to 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. And the Timothy scripture, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. All right, so Homer, these are three scriptures that really touch on what we started with, the concept that Jesus not only is our head, but the redeemer of all mankind. How does that, how does that tie together? How does that keep uh, the message clear and sound in terms of, uh, what you're doing so far away from home. I think one of the things that we recognize and appreciate is that not everyone is going to uh, uh, receive the message when it's delivered. And the great joy that we have is that this, this, this last one about he gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, that there will be a due time when they are under more favorable conditions that they will be able to receive the message. We talk about when Satan is bound. Right now people sometimes say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, there's going to come a time when he's going to be restrained. The Bible tells us that, and that everyone, whosoever will, will be able to come and drink of the water of life freely and learn righteousness. And so that's an encouragement to them that not everybody is not salvation now or never. And that's a key concept. And so we reiterate that. Don't become discouraged if someone doesn't receive it because there's a special call now, and those who are willing to engage in this, uh, the Lord will direct as he sees fit. So, and, and that's such an important part of, of the brand of, of the gospel that you bring, and it is different than a lot of churches, because we believe the scriptures teach clearly that Jesus died not only as a ransom for those who are called out to follow him, those who are called according to his purpose, but we also believe that Jesus died for the everyone else. And you did touch on that in the first hour. And, and that is the core of the message, correct? Yes, absolutely. So, and, and, and that is the core of hope for a world that's completely gone mad. And so that's the core. How, you know, in, in terms of, in, uh, let's talk about the technology use and, and the kinds of things that you use uh, bringing over. At the beginning, you had said earlier that you brought a lot of booklets and things like that. 
But now you're starting to introduce much more in terms of actual physical technology. Uh, yes. Tablets and things. Tablets and things, yes, absolutely. And uh, because they have the access to the very same resources that we have here in a land of America, which is so privileged, or in the Western world, and so when we talk about things, they're able to go and find the same resources, again, to develop their own independence and say, I have it. It's so important for them to feel that I can locate what I need to, that I don't need to depend upon somebody to tell me to spoon feed me all my life, that I can find it myself and I can stand on my own because there is what the Bible says and here is the proof. You know, and it's interesting because just the phraseology, Jonathan, you and I were talking before the program here. Uh, the, the scripture in Habakkuk says uh, Habakkuk is having a conversation with God. He's upset because of the evil in the world around him and he's waiting for God's response. And God's response to Habakkuk is to write down the vision and make it plain upon tables so that the runner may read it and therefore run. And uh, it's funny that, you know, it says make it plain upon tables, upon like the tablets of the law. And now you are literally bringing electronic tablets with the message of truth on them to those who need them. So it's literally written on a tablet. Right, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I just think that that's kind of cool uh, that, that that's happening. And actually, Jonathan, one one of the interesting parts of that is on the you're you're in, in the next segment we're going to spend more time on this. But you are bringing um, you and Bob Bob Goodman, whose house we're we're at right yes. now. Um, are bringing several tablets over on your next trip. That's correct. And one of the elements that's on those tablets, folks, is uh, the daily edition of Christian Questions. It's called Christian Questions Daily. We have the first 145 of those programs that are part of that that program. Uh, so in a very small way, Jonathan, you and I get to be a little, little tiny part of this work that's going on in Africa. Well, that's a true blessing. It is. Very it thankful is. for that. Yeah, we really are. So let's talk about, Homer, let's talk about the building of the trust between you and those Chris, the Christian brotherhood you've established over uh, in Ghana. Because you come from different cultures, um, you're seeking the same gospel, um, they've given you an opportunity to, to, to teach them, they've taken that teaching, you've taught them to not just take you at your word. Exactly. You've taught them to listen to what you and others say to them and then go to the Word and actually prove it for themselves. Exactly. And that is such an important thing. Do you have a fear of failure on that? Look, God is at the helm, so there's no failure with God. If someone does not respond, again, I'm thankful that in the future there's a blessing for them. I just want to say something very quickly because we've been talking about Ghana but there are other Christians who are involved in other parts of Africa, and one of the lights is that because Africa infrastructure is difficult, we're able to bring individuals, representatives, leaders together to Ghana, which is a very peaceful nation, and they are able to interact with others on the entire continent that they would not ultimately have that privilege. So that's something that's been a huge, huge blessing. So another part of this whole work is not just going to that one country and planting the seeds of the gospel and cultivating it, but uh, having the, the intermingling of other African countries that are close enough so that you can get them all working together. Yes, that's true. And again, this has been done because there are other Christians who have worked in parts of East Africa. We have provided travel uh, funds to come from East Africa to Ghana. And just to say very quickly, we're going to have maybe 14 different nations we even have one who came from India who comes to Ghana to help 
strengthen those who are there. So we have a lot of resources for individuals who are committed to help. It's not a one-person kind of thing. They're volunteering their time. Some are away from their home for six weeks at a time, four weeks at a time, because they have a love and a devotion. So it's it, God is supervising the whole thing. No You're listening to Christian Questions with Jonathan and Rick and our special guest, Homer Montague, concerning missionary work. Our question, what is that in your hand? If you have a question or thought, call us now at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So... As, as you, you organize this, and, and I always say you, Homer, but it's you and, and several others. Yes. You're not, you're not a solo act here. No, I'm not a solo yes. act at all. Okay, and that, that's important. Jonathan, let's go down to the First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 16 to 20 scripture, because I think that encapsulates what this work has developed into. It's very, very fascinating when you put the two together. And if the ears say, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smell, sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they are all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And Homer, when I listen to that scripture and listen to the way um, the, the, the Africa work has sort of expanded, you really are, are taking that scripture and, and really applying it. You're finding those who can do whatever part they can do, and you're just, you're just feeding them so they can learn to grow up and do it on their own. Exactly. And you can go back to what you said about trust. It is able, you're able to reach out. I'm living in America. We're having 14 different groups coming to Ghana. That means there's trust in various countries, and they are coming together to have fellowship and have a glorious time together. I could not do that. I have to depend upon others who I know are going to do what needs to be done because they've done it in the past. They've proven themselves. They have the spirit. So over a period of 15 years, you went from going to Ghana because of one person, <laughs> one very old man, That's essentially, right. who uh, had, had, had taken hold of the gospel and said, I want more of this, uh, to now... The, and we're going to talk more about the, the leadership uh, seminar coming up in our next, last segment. Uh, but now you've got 14 different uh, countries yes. that are going to be represented at that leadership seminar. That's right. From one, one person to 14 countries uh, in a matter of 15 years. That, that's, just, that's just inspiring. And folks, uh, you know, as we look at this, we've got to ask ourselves, you, you hear that kind of work and say, man, if I could only do something like that. Well, maybe we can't do something like that. But how can we decide to be a part of work that works like that? So, Jonathan, as we go into this break, that's one of those questions that we have to ask ourselves and really focus on, what is the answer for me? You're listening to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague, concerning missionary work. And our question, what is that in your hand? Coming up, what can happen if we just have an act of faith in what the Lord has given us? Can we work miracles? By God's grace, that's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Homer Montague, concerning missionary work. And our question is, what is that in your hand? 
To be a part of our program, now would be the time. Call us at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we enter our last segment here, I just want to recap a few of the things that we've talked about. Homer and his wife Beverly have gone to Ghana 24 times in the last 15 years. Uh, they started going because of one man, an 89-year-old man who had a who had a had yearning for uh, the gospel and for fellowship, and they have built a a structure of of of, of self-governing Ghanaians in their own congregations. Uh, they've taught them how to think for themselves in terms of scripture, how to prove for themselves in terms of scripture, how to elect their own uh, class officers, if you were, elders and deacons and things of that nature. And, and they taught them the basic scriptural principles of not only righteousness and humility, but of sacrifice and of following the footsteps of Jesus and of, and of contributing, contributing to those around them and importantly, they did not. There's there's no financial uh, requirements put upon anybody. Their congregations run not based on tithing, but based on the goodness of their own hearts. And uh, and Homer, as I look at this, it really is a reflection of the early church and how the apostles went out and established churches. Now I wanted you to take a few minutes and talk about this coming trip of yours this leadership seminar you're running, and you had mentioned in the last segment there's 14 different countries that are going to be represented all meeting together in Ghana. That's correct. Okay, what, what's going to be happening there? Well, we're going to have uh, studies, Bible studies. We're going to have a picture. We're going to have a video that uh, Bob Goodman has provided. We're in this home that shows the chronology, the development of this from uh, the, it's done on a biennial basis every two years. So we'll see the beginnings and how it's grown. And uh, we're going to have studies. We're going to have a fellowship. We're going to have uh, devotional studies. And just getting to know your brethren from all over the world, places that you would never be. And so excited that we have uh, individuals who have can't go, but they've lent their support. And they're sending materials or whatever they can. Some are even paying for some who are flying from a distance, uh, from a faraway country. They, they will never be able to get there. So those are some of the things that are going to happen. I just want to make one other comment very quickly. Yes. There's a website. It's called www.africanbiblestudents.com. www.africanbiblestudents.com. Much of what we have talked about will show you what has happened, the kinds of reports that come in, what they're doing in the various uh, countries, particularly in Ghana and Nigeria. But there's other materials that are going on in other parts of Africa that are not directly connected with this. So it's not uh, just what we are doing. God's hand is in it, and he touches it, and wherever he uh, desires this work to go, it'll happen. And, and, and the great thing, folks, here is I'm sitting here with Homer, and, and Homer, I've actually known you for a very, very, very long time. Um, uh, and the, the best thing about this is, Homer, you're not the boss here. No, not at all. <laughs> You know, you're you're a, a catalyst in a lot of ways, but it's by God's grace that you can be that catalyst. And I can see, just by looking in your eyes while we're talking, by hearing what you're saying, and by the track record of your life, that this is all about getting others to be able to stand up and become their own catalyst. Exactly. And to become the catalyst for others. And, and that's the beauty of all of this. So at this point, Jonathan, what we want to do is we want to, 
folks, we want to talk to you now. We want to talk to you as listeners about what's that in your hand and what can we do ourselves. Jonathan, let's go to Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, What is in your hand? And he said, A staff. Then he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. Then they, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So, Homer, in this scripture, it's, it's Moses, he's insecure about what God has called him to do. And so the, the illustration is God says, well, what's in your hand? And basically the message to Moses is that I'm going to take what's already in your hand and make it special. Now, we're not expecting a miracle like happened for Moses, but how, how do you, by way of, of, of inspiration to others, how do you take that lesson from Moses and, and help others to understand what might be in their hand? Well, I think that God is a God that accomplishes his purposes. And if it is his will, we can say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And you go out in faith, and he multiplies the opportunities, things that you could never have conceived of. And when you do that, sometimes you make a mistake. Sometimes there's self-correction that's needed. But overall, it is his plan, and I'm so delighted to participate in a little tiny part of his efforts, we have to always give God the glory. If we're desirous to serve him, he will point and he will give you help. Uh, Aaron was uh, a servant. He assisted Moses. There are so many others who are just willing, looking for something to do. And when that's how God does it. And uh, it's just a blessing to know that so many want to participate in this uh, overall venture. So the point, folks, is this. The point is that many of us, as, as we're listening to, to, to the story of, of Homer uh, and Beverly and their multiple trips to Africa and the incredible success they've had uh, in glorifying God uh, with the, the bringing of, of, of scriptural understanding to so many people, uh, you, you think, boy, if I could only do, and, and that's what a lot of us say, boy, if only, I, if only I was retired. You know, you're retired, and of course now you have the time, so of course you can do it. If only I had the money, if only I had this, if only I was that way, if I, only I was braver, if only I knew the scriptures better. What, what do you say to somebody who sounds like they want to be uh, involved but have, has that if only I uh, uh, challenge in front of them? How would you encourage them? Well, do they pray? If you pray, it's, Lord, show me what you want me to do. God does answer prayers. That's, that's a key thing. And uh, we have young people who are going this time uh, who may not be retired, who are taking time off of work because others have told them, they've shown them visuals, and that's why I said, look at the website, see what is happening, and they are excited about going, and some who are too elderly not to be able to go, they send in support and say, well, I can't go there because of such and such, but I'm going to support it. In other words, the network of human agencies who they are willing and desire to serve God, God has a plan. It's not of us. We can't do it. God has it all in control, and if we don't do it, Somebody else will. <laughs> and there you go. So it's, so it's a matter of stepping up and stepping out in some courage. And actually, on your trip with you this time, uh, Kathy, our tweet master for Christian Questions, is going with you. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, Leah, who is one of our Secret Rewind um, uh, proofreaders, 
is also going with you. Okay. So we're going to have a little bit of Christian Questions representation on your trip. Wonderful. You. And they're they're going to personally come back to us and uh, and report um, just 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 the, the 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 enthusiasm of this international activity of bringing the gospel to light. Um, and, and we have just a few minutes left. Homer, let's get into the, the the bigness of the message of the gospel. So, you know, if we have just a little bit of faith in the promises and the prophecies of God, what can happen? Let's look at a couple of the promises and prophecies of God. Jonathan, let's go to Acts chapter 3, verses 18 to 21. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore, repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times. What is there about this particular scripture, Homer, that you find to be one of the great inspirations of, of your work in, in the ministry? Well, I look at the things that are happening in the world. It's a very, very difficult world. People are saying, where is God? Right. What can we do? And if you point them to the scriptures and say, there is hope. If you are a Bible believer, you look for it and say, well, this must mean something. And he tells us that the return of Christ is going to be something that's going to bring blessings to all. Not only those who are living here, but for all the families of the earth, from times past to the present. It's a great hope. It's the hope that will bless all people. And the thing about this particular scripture is it talks about the time of restoration of all things. And that is a massively comprehensive statement. It's not just saying that, you know, God's going to, to see to it that Jerusalem is rebuilt or something. I mean, we're talking, it says the time of restoration of all things. And you have to say, well, if you're going to restore something, that means something original must have been broken. Right. And so when you go back and you look at that, we talked about some scriptures earlier about sin and death entering the world, and that's what broke. It was perfect humanity that was broken. So through the ransom sacrifice of Jesus, the, there are the called out ones that you've been talking about. And what, what is their end result for the called out ones? Oh, if they're faithful, they will be kings and priests to help minister this kingdom that will bless all the families of the earth. And so we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They will be with Christ in heaven, but the blessings that are existing in the heavenly plane will come and earth will be a paradise. Paradise lost, paradise Restored. And, and that gives us a sense of the magnitude of the gospel that you bring and the hope that you bring when you go to Ghana. And Jonathan, one last scripture before we wrap up here. Isaiah 2, verses 2 to 4, is a great prophecy, Homer, that really nails down what you just said. Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will raise above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come and let us go up unto the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his way, and that we will walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between nations, and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. And Homer, that is one of many, many Old Testament prophecies that paints a picture that Christianity just doesn't ever really seem to talk about too much. 
What's your take on that picture? What is that a picture of? Well, this is a picture of, again, the kingdom that we talked about. You know, this scripture talks about the last days, and many, many people say, oh, the world is going to be destroyed, or it's all going to end. But this is telling us the glorious outcome, and I've seen in buildings, it's a scripture that, yes, that they're going to beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hills. They're not going to make war anymore. And isn't that what everyone is looking for? They're looking for peace. They're looking for promise. It's a promise of God, and it's going to come true. And if you believe the scriptures, and that's why it's important to see what the Bible teaches, it gives me great hope, and I delight to share that message with others who are languishing. And, 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 and again, folks, get the sense of the, the magnitude of the gospel uh, according to these prophecies. And, and you have been very, i got to tell you, you've been very privileged to carry that message and make it come alive for who knows how many hundreds and thousands of people in a country that you had nothing to do with 16 years ago. Not at all. And, and yet, the Lord moved upon your heart, and the important thing was that you took that movement and you did something about it. So, Homer, want to really, really thank you for being here with us today. Give us your final thoughts on your experiences and your last, last message to our listeners. I think the text, what is it, it that is in thy hand, is something that all of us can adjust to, can appreciate. And I would say in the vernacular, go for it, because <laughs> God will bless you if your heart is sincere. He will find work for you to do. It will give you joy unspeakable. Folks, you heard it from somebody who's lived it. And isn't that the important thing? You know, we always want to learn from 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 those who, who can really teach us. And I'm sitting across from someone who has the physical experience of stepping out in courage, of stepping out in faith, and doing things that others just think about. And his, his experience, and, and if you could see the look and the joy in his eyes, I'm telling you, you, you'd sit here and say, now that's something that I would like to be and I would like to learn in my own life. So for Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions and our special guest, Homer Montague, we, want, we hope that you, you, you found some inspiration uh, in, in the experiences of Homer and his family and, and so many others in bringing the gospel abroad. Homer, thanks again for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. And folks, take what you've heard and go apply for it. As Homer said, just go for it. Just go do something to serve God our Father, not for your own glory, but for his alone. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, till next week, what is in your hand and what are you going to do with it? Think about it. Yeah.